2, Luke chapter 2, verse 52. Simple, uh, fast, quick verse. It says this, uh, And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. Today, in our final relationship that we're going to be looking at, we're going to be talking about parenting. And uh, I'm excited about this message. I think it's a very timely message. And so, uh, again, hopefully, uh, if you are not a parent here, uh, hopefully there's something in here that you can still take with you, and, and it'll, be, it'll be good. So let's pray, and we'll get started. Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to be in the house. God, I pray that uh, the next uh, remaining moments together, uh, God, that you would just speak to our heart. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you as our guest of honor today. We know that uh, whatever change that needs to happen can only happen because of you. And so we ask that you would speak to our hearts right now. We want to leave here changed. We want to leave here better, but not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. We love you. In Jesus' name. Come on, everyone. Say amen. 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 Guys, I am so grateful for navigation apps. Right? Like, for everyone that was living whenever there were paper maps, and y'all were, like, pulling out a paper map and trying to figure out where you were on that map, you're amazing. I don't know how you did it. I have a hard time with just a navigation app, you know? And so you guys are amazing. But um, a while back, my friend, I had to pick up something from my friend in Petaluma, and uh, I told him that I was on my way to, to pick it up, that I, that I would... I would head over there, but just to text me your address. Text me your address, and I'm just going to start driving towards Petaluma, because I know you lived in Petaluma. And so he said, okay, I'll text you in a bit. So I just, I don't have patience. God is working in my life with patience. And so I just started driving towards Petaluma, just believing in faith that he was going to text me with the address. And so I'm driving. Um, I passed one exit, the first Petaluma exit. He hasn't texted me back yet. I, I passed the second Petaluma exit. He didn't, pass, he didn't text me back yet. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what is happening? And so uh, I pull over and, and I'm like, hey man, uh, I'm, I'm in Petaluma right now. Whenever you get the chance, if you can just send me your address, I would love to have your address. <laughs> and, uh, and nothing. So I'm just waiting, I'm waiting, okay? Then, then I'm thinking, okay, I'm just going to call him. So I call him, and he, you know, like when someone puts on the, uh, uh, when, they, when you call them, and they ignore, it goes straight to voice, it went straight to voicemail. And I'm like, oh, this guy. So I, I remember he said something about In-N-Out and Petaluma, and so I just, I pulled back in, and I exited through the, the In-N-Out exit, and I realized that all the homes are not on the side of In-N-Out. They're on the other side of the freeway. So I just start driving to the neighborhood. And just, I'm just like driving, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just driving. And, uh, and, and, and so it had to have been, no joke, God is moment, like 45 minutes, that I'm, I'm just driving, that I left my house, and now I'm just, I'm just aimlessly driving at this point. I have no idea where his house, at, his house is at, and I'm just driving, and... Uh, and, 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 and I'm texting him. I'm pulling over. I'm calling. He's not, he's not responding. We're not friends anymore. Um, 
But so, so, so I, I'm like, I'm waiting for him and I'm driving around and then he finally texts me back his address. And I plug it into my Waze app. Come on, Waze? Waze, yeah, yeah. How many Google Maps? What about uh, Apple Maps? Yeah, yeah, we'll pray for you. Um, and and so, 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 so we're, I'm like, he texts me the address. I, I plug it into my Waze app. And I'm nowhere near the house. But what I realized is that it really should have only been 20 minutes from my house to his house. And I'm sitting at about 45 minutes, and I'm not at his house yet. And I finally get to his house. I pick up what I was supposed to pick up. And he's like, hey, I'm so sorry. Uh, I was on an important meeting phone call. I couldn't text you or call you. And I was like, whatever, man. And so, so I, got, I, got, I got it, right? And, and, and so I was just thinking about this idea of how really what a 45-minute uh, drive was should have only been 20 minutes. If I had two things. If I had directions to a destination. Directions and destination. And I was thinking about these two things, directions and destination. And, and I feel like these two ingredients are things that don't only help you reach a location, but in fact, these two things help you and help me become better parents. Direction and destination. Now, we read in the book of Proverbs chapter 22, and I believe verse 6, the author writes this very familiar verse. We don't have it up, but it says, train up a child and the way that they should go. And what's interesting is within this, this verse are the two things, direction and destination. There's two things that as parents, like we, we should attain to, to try to, to, to attain, excuse me. And so the author says, train up a child. So we're to give direction, right? And I know that's very counterculture right now. Like we live in a time period where it's like, let your kids decide whatever they want. But, but, but like scripture says, we train up a child. So we're, we're to give direction. But then the author doesn't just stop there. He adds something. He says, train up a child in the way that they should go. So not only does the author encourage us to, to give direction, but the author also encourages us to give vision for a destination. The author says, train up a child in the way that they should go. Now, I do want to point out that the, the vision of destination is uh, what I am not referring to, and I don't really think that this is referring to. I, I'm not referring to to those, that destination that culture or society would, would applaud. So, so like those physical, tangible, check-the-box things, right? So, so a vision of destination, I want them to go to a great school. I want them to, uh, to get this job. and Those are great things. But, but I'm not quite sure, uh, like what I'm referring to is uh, our goals as opposed to character. So, so setting vision of a destination, not so much of goals, but setting a vision of destination for building up character within our generation of kids. And so that's where our verse in Luke chapter 2, verse 52 comes in. 
is because what I think, what I see Luke laying out for us is an observation of Jesus, but not just an observation of Jesus, but laying out a vision of a destination of what my goal as a parent can be for my kids. And he says this, four things, that Jesus grew up in wisdom, he grew in stature, he grew in favor with God, and man. Now, I can make the case that three of those things become easier based off of focusing on one of those things, that if you can focus on God, which has been the whole premise of our series, in fact, that if I focus on God, I build my foundation on God, I'll grow in wisdom. I'll grow in maturity. I'll grow in social um, areas of my life. Because those are the four things, right? Wisdom is uh, intellect, grow intellectually, grow, uh, grow in um, stature, so physical uh, maturity level, grow spiritually, spiritual growth, and then grow in social growth. So the destination that Luke lays out is not so much one that I think we're, like we normally as, as a society applaud. Right? We, we, like we're, we're very high on the goals, on the accolades. And so us focusing on these four things, growing, giving vision of a destination for, for character it may not be what's applauded by culture, but can I propose to you it's what culture needs. That, that it, doesn't, it doesn't need more people that are just great with school, kids that are great with school, and kids that are pursuing something great but having poor character. Like culture needs kids, people who walk in character that can change culture. That can change society. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so we don't need a generation of kids who look great on the outside but are super depressed and sad on the inside. Like, I, we, we, as a parent, for me, i got to stop setting a vision of destination of my kids just based off of the physical goals of life. And then my kids are walking around sad and, and, and mad and angry and confused. I got to begin to set a, a vision of destination for them of hope, of them understanding that there is a God that loves them. There is a God that has a purpose for them. There is a God that has, that, that has, they can have access to peace and to joy, that, there, there, that there's something more. Now, I do want to point out school is great. Amen, parents. What I don't want are kids to be like, Pastor John said I don't need school. That's not what I'm saying. Make sure your kids hear that part. But this idea of can, can we work, can we work on, on, on character? Can we, can we, can we point our, our, our youth, our kids to, to a picture that works on the inside of them? that propels them to move forward on the outside? Can we set vision for, for our kids? Can we set vision for our kids? 
And so he, here's my, my, my big idea this morning. Is, is this, is, is what we're going to land our plane on, this thought. That I can't set vision for my kids until I first understand the value of my kids. I'll say that again. I can't set vision for my kids until I first understand the value of my kids. So if I'm going to be a great parent, I got to first see my kids in the correct light. Now, I got to be honest with you. I feel like being married is way easier than parenting for me. Some, for some people, parenting is easier. Not for me. Like, I struggle with, with parenting. And, and so for the longest time, super transparent, I feel like I, I saw my kids in an incorrect light. And because I saw my kids in the incorrect light, I, the, the value of how I saw them dictated how I treated them. Now, please understand, I never verbally abused my kids. I never physically like abuse my kids, and so when I say that, I, I, but, but, but there have been times when because I didn't see them in the right light, my actions, uh, my actions didn't match the value of who they were. And so there were times when I, uh, okay, whatever, I'm transparent. If you don't like it, whatever. <laughs> like I've broken down a door trying to get to my kid. And I'm like, but why? Because I saw, I, I didn't understand what I was seeing. And I'm going to explain it too, but I just, I need you to understand what I'm getting at. I want you to understand that we are all on the same playing field with parents. And, and so, so I got to see, in order for me to cast vision for my kids, I first got to understand their value. Because a lot of the time, value sets the threshold of what I'm willing to keep going through. than if I didn't have uh, value set aside. So my value a lot of the time dictates how much I'm willing to deal with. And so I, I gotta see them in the correct light. And so, so like I said, I, like I, was, I, was, I was struggling with this, just seeing my kids in the wrong light, I would like lash out at them and, and just, you know, just there's a lot of anger, okay? And, uh, and so, but I realized how many can relate to like just being, a, being messing up as a parent, but knowing you're messing up and just can't change it. <laughs> you're like, God, please help me. Um, and so, so, uh, so I, I, I'm praying, like, I'm like, I understand like that I got to change, right? And, uh, and I, one morning I was doing uh, my, uh, my, my, my devotional and uh, one of the, the daily readings was this verse that I'm going to share with you that changed my life. Changed, changed me as a person and me as a father. Okay, so I'm going to share this with you, and I hope, I hope it changes your life too. Because remember, remember, I can't set vision until I first understand the value. Okay, so I'm reading my devotional, and it came to this in Psalms chapter 127. In verse 3, it says, Children are a gift from the Lord, and they're a reward from Him. 
I'm like, I'm reading this, y'all, in the morning with my cup of coffee, and I just start weeping. Like I'm like bawling. Because I was seeing them in the incorrect light. I was seeing them as a burden. Oh, that was too real. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was seeing them as an inconvenience. I was seeing them as, as something that was getting in between my wife and my intimacy. Hello. <laughs> and I read that. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. And then all of a sudden, I'm just like, I'm bawling. Because what the scripture is reminding us is the value that God has placed, not just on your kids, but all kids. In this moment, this text just popped out at me, and it was like, John, this is how God sees kids. This is how John, or excuse me, how Jesus sees Eli, Maddie, and Sammy. Those are my kids. That they're a gift and a reward. And I got to tell you, I'm not perfect. I'll still spank some of you. Come on. <laughs> but now, like, I'm stopping to, wait a second. This is a, God, God views you as a gift. Wait a second. God views you as a reward for me. And I'll tell you what, like, it shifted something. It changed, some, it changed something in my perspective. And that every time I'm trying to get my kids to, I'm trying to set vision of destination, right? That they would grow in wisdom, they would grow in stature, that they would grow in favor with God and with men. Every time I'm trying to get to that and they mess up and they irritate me rather than me wanting to quit and be like, whatever, go to jail. <laughs> I'm reminding myself they're my gift. They're my reward. And it's weird because all of a sudden, I don't want to just throw in the towel. See, I, I want to speak to the parents in the room this morning. I urge you to begin to see the value. Maybe not how you see them every day, but how God created them. And how God sees them. Because I know, especially as they get older, you just want to throw in the towel. But man, they're a gift. They're a reward. And so, this idea of understanding that, that my kids have value, seeing them in a certain light, understanding that, that, uh, that, this, as I set this vision of destination, of not just growing in like a physical sense or hitting different attributes or goals, but, but really developing our kids into, into people that can change culture and change society of, of understanding that they hold value. But here, here's what else I've understood about value is that there's different stages of value. Different ways that you, that you uh, treat value or, or different ways that you steward value. Maybe I can say it that way. You know who doesn't understand that? Is my four-year-old. 
My four-year-old treats his dinosaurs the same way he treats an iPad. And so if he throws a dinosaur, he's throwing an iPad. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to explain to him, like, hey, man, like, the, like, you can't do that. You can't treat the iPad like the dinosaurs. They're both valuable, but, but you got you to gotta steward it differently. And I think in the same way, um, as parents, we steward differently depending on what stage they're in. And so I want to end with this, something very practical. Oddly enough, this was, out of all the messages that we've done in this series, this is the one that I was excited for the most. And so um, what I want to do is I want to give you four different transitional stages that, 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 of, of different ways to steward the value of our kids. Because I think that if we can learn how to steward them in the stage that they're in, the, the, the better it will be to progress them through life. And so, so here we go. Uh, four things really quick. And, and again, this is from uh, this guy, Bruce Johnston. He, uh, he's the owner of JH Ranch. And I encourage you parents to write it down, JH Ranch. You can go home, you can Google it. Um, it's an amazing program that they have to uh, reconcile parents with kids. It's amazing. So J.H. Ranch, Bruce Johnson. So this is his, this is his, um, uh, just from years of doing what he does, this is, these are the stages of transition that he lays out, but I think it's super beneficial. And so uh, we're going to go through this real quick, and then we're going to end in worship, and then we're going to be done and uh, hit up Applebee's. So, um, so here, here it is, and I think it's going to be on the screen. So the first, the first transitional stage is from zero to five years old, and this is the caretaker stage. This is the stage where if you don't take care of him, they're dead. <laughs> and so, cool, she said cool. So, so, so like we're, we're, we're doing our best to, to take care of him. But not just to take care of them, but to also begin to implement foundational, um, foundational things in their lives. And so, so that, that, that's this whole stage from zero to five. I have one, one kid in this stage. He's, he, he has one more year in this stage. And I'm just his caretaker. And I'm, I'm taking care of him. I'm also trying to implement things in his life of just helping him to just lay this foundation. Okay? So that's zero to five. And then we get from six until 12 years, years old, and that's the corrector. That's the, that's the corrector stage. And, and we have um, some, some role in this is we, we set rules, and then we give consequences for the rules that aren't followed. And I have two kids in this stage right now. And, and so, so my whole role is... Like, I'm, obviously, I'm going to love him, but I'm also, my role is, is to give rules to make sure they follow the rules. Some people come over and like, dude, you're super strict. That's my job, right? In this season, uh, excuse me, 6 to 12, I'm the corrector. Like, I'm setting rules 
that they, that they have to follow because it's going to help them in their next stage of life. And so, so I'm, I'm a corrector. There's a way to do it, right? And so I'm, I'm correcting them. I'm setting rules, having them understand consequences. Um, and then, so that's 6 to 12. And then this thing called out of lessons happens. And this is going to be the stage from 13 to 17. I have no kids in this one yet. So this is, again, this is based off of Bruce Johnston. And, but this idea, 13 to 17. And my, my role, it moves from corrector to coach. And what, what, this, what Bruce says in this little teaching that he does is that most parents, they don't know how to go from, uh, from corrector to coach. That they stay corrector all the way through this age of 17. And what happens is all of a sudden, the relationship between their, their kids start to divide, separate. And so I have to move from corrector to coach. And here's what happens in the coach, the coach role is I do this, I become a teacher, I become a model, and I become an encourager. So I become a teacher. Now, I think the best way to illustrate this is if you uh, were to have lunch with a friend who may have fallen into sin or backslid, you go to coffee, you're sitting across from them. Most of us here, we wouldn't stand up, look what you did. We talked about these rules. Like most of us, we would sit down and be like, hey, man, let's talk about this. Um, so this thing that you did, what do you think, man? How do you, you think it was cool to do? Do you think it wasn't cool to do? What should we do about it? Do you see the difference? Yeah. See, the first one, when I'm a corrector, I'm like, dude, you messed up. What are you thinking? And because and, and, and I'm, I'm, we talked about these rules, but my approach all of a sudden becomes different. When, they, when I step into this coach, this coach um, role. And then also in this coach role, I don't just teach, but I model. See, when I'm younger, I can act a certain way. I can say something, but act, some, act a completely different way. And the kids are still like, oh, that's so cool. But when I move into this coaching, 13 to 17, my kids aren't paying attention to what I say as much as what I'm doing. That's why I can't, as a parent, be like, hey, stop, baby, cussing. <laughs> like, but you just. And then, but I'm also an encourager in this stage. I'm encouraging my kids. I'm encouraging them like, hey, you messed up, but I see greatness in you. 
you messed up, but I love you still. You messed up, but I'm so proud of you, of how you're becoming. Like, I begin to speak into existence. Again, we talked about this last week. Speak into existence what I see, the vision. And so, now, parents, real quick, because your kids, they're going to test you on this. Excuse me. They're going to test you on this. And uh, they're going to be like, hey, why? You, you're supposed to be my coach. Why are you doing this? But when you act like a kid, I treat you like a kid. When you act like an adult, I treat you like an adult. So they set the tone of it, of how, of how it goes. And so there's that. And then, so I'm moving from the first stage, which is caretaker, to corrector, to coach, so that I can get to this role right here, the fourth and final stage, consultant. My whole goal is to get to this state when they're 18 and over that they can come to me and be like, Dad, hey, I have a question. Dad, I need you to pray for me. Dad, I, Mom, I, I, need, I need help in this. But you never get to the consultant stage if you carry the, co- the, the corrector stage all the way through. And so now I, gotta become a cons- I want to become a consultant where they come and talk to me. And by the way, parents, you're their consultant. You are not, they are not your consultant. There are so many times when I hear about parents, like their, their kids are their counselors. And I'm like, no, what are you doing? That's not their role. You take care of them. They don't get a counselor. They don't, they don't need to hear your drama. I'm the consultant, and that's the goal. Like I'm trying to become the consultant for my kid, and the worship band can come up. And we're going to close. And so how I value them, how I set vision for them is determined on how I value them, how I see them. And I want to end with this. And you can stand right now. Some of you this morning, you're like, hey, John, that's, that sounds great in theory, but you don't know my kids. You're like, that sounds like a great plan, John, but uh, my kid is a knucklehead. He doesn't listen. She doesn't listen. And I, I just want to encourage you with this. Perhaps the best way to counter your thoughts of like, you don't know my kid, is by understanding the role of God in your life. And it says that God is not just the creator of the universe, but scripture says that God becomes our father, God. So just like last week, how in marriage, how God was the model of a relationship between 
the husband and wife, the same is true when it comes to parenting. God the Father. And if that is the case, I want you to think about this. And maybe this is just for me. When, I'm, when, when we'd say, you don't know my kid, you don't know how they don't listen, think about what God might think about us and me and you. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. But this idea that I don't always listen. I'm a knucklehead sometimes. I mess up all the time. But God the Father, He sees me. And he doesn't just be like, well, you don't know my kid. This is what He says. He says, I love you. He says, you're precious. He says, you're His masterpiece. So yeah, maybe I don't know your kid. But I do know the way that God responds and treats you and how God responds and treats me. He sees the value in me. He sees the value in you. Amen, somebody?